Welcome to the Unsweetened Sayo podcast. My name is Siobhan Harris. I am a certified integrative nutrition health coach and the founder of unsweetenedsayo.com. I gave up all sugar and all flour on January 13th, 2018, and am finally free of my addiction. My mission is to help other sugar addicts find their path to freedom and live the sweet life without sugar. Hi everyone and welcome to episode 32 of Unsweetened Sayo, the podcast, surviving Disneyland while remaining sugar and flour free. But first, I'd like to take a minute to talk about my grandmother who recently passed away on October the 11th. And I would like to dedicate this episode to my grandmother, who I called Nanny. Her name is Josephine Cesario Kingsbauer. And as I mentioned, she recently passed away. My nanny was an amazing woman, filled, just filled with life and love. She and my grandfather loved Disney World, so I thought this was an appropriate episode to dedicate to her. Her favorite character was always Goofy, and I was lucky enough to go to Disney World with her as a kid. My nanny was very special to me, so much so that I actually named my daughter Josie after her. Nanny was an incredible cook and always was cooking for others. She called herself Meals on Wheels because a lot of times she would cook the the food for neighbors and then also deliver it to people. She cooked one time for my entire field hockey team in college out of her little RV kitchen where her and my grandfather were staying in a campground nearby. She loved cooking for people and she made lots and lots of delicious Italian food. Everyone that met her loved her, all of my friends. Um, She was our hug-a-bunch nan, sweet as can be, but you also did not want to mess with her. I like to think that I inherited many things from her, including my love of travel and meeting new places, or meeting new people and seeing new places. Nanny could strike up conversation with anyone. You know, she was always that person on the cruise ship that was invited to dine with the captain just because she would strike up these conversations and meet tons of interesting people. I also inherited her love for getting a good deal, especially as I've gotten older. I love to get a good bargain. Um, And, you know, this was back in the day. She was a big coupon clipper. And now that we've stepped it up a notch with Ebates or Rakuten, whatever it's called now, I would like to think she would have been the boss of digital couponing. So I'm hoping to make her proud with all my good deals I've been scoring recently. And I've also adopted her mantra of it can't hurt to ask. And I do that in my professional life, in my personal life. I just feel like that has served me so well, especially recently of, well, it can't hurt to ask. Um, I like to think I also inherited her cheekiness and zest for life. Nanny also was a really great friend and loved getting the scoop from others. Many times she'd call me up on the phone and ask, what's shaking, Chev? Any cute boys? 
I also, though, probably inherited her terrible sense of direction. Um, thank goodness for the age of GPS, which has totally saved me now. But, you know, together, if you put us in the middle of the maze, we might never get out. Both have really bad senses of directions. I wish I had inherited her amazing skin. Even at 89 years old, she had less wrinkles than me. Truly, like I'm not even exaggerating. No one would ever believed her age and she loved every second of it. Even her funeral was open casket and she just looked beautiful and radiant. She had these adorable dimples that she would love to flash when she was smiling or flirting. And she loved seeing people so perplexed trying to figure out how old she really was because she just looked so amazing. Another one of her mantras that I adopted was move it or lose it. And I remember her telling me she walks two miles every day. And here I am getting more and more like her as I love to walk every single day and especially walking with friends like she normally did. Walking and talking just, you know, so much fun. So anyway, Nanny, just want to say I love you so much and I'm so, so grateful for the huge impact you've had on my life. I will miss you so much, but I will treasure all our memories together. Rest in peace. I love you. Okay, thank you so much for letting me um, give that shout out to my grandmother. I've just been thinking about her a lot and especially going to Disneyland. It was somewhere that her and my grandfather really liked to visit. Disney World for them, but now that I live on the West Coast, we took a family vacation to Disneyland, and I should start out by saying I'm not the hugest of Disney um, fan. I it, I get I tend to be feel a little bit overwhelmed with all the people. I don't love waiting in line, and there's a lot of waiting in line. And then you know the food options. They don't have the healthiest choices, so I wasn't sure how this go-around was going to go. I went with my husband and kids, obviously, but also his parents and um, my brother-in-law and sister-in-law, so we had a group of eight of us, of eight of us, which was really, really fun, but they are all much more so Disneyland people, and I don't know how they have the energy of being able to go like early morning till late at night, so... Um, they just have this incredible Disney stamina. So I wasn't sure how the trip was going to go. And, you know, I have traveled since giving up sugar and flour a bunch, um, and have, you know, an episode five, if you haven't listened to that, that's some tips for staying sugar-free while traveling. So some of this stuff, you know, I probably mentioned in that episode too, and then it also being close to the holidays, you know, is another thing. So if you haven't listened, I have episode 15, which is staying sugar and flour free during the holidays since, you know, the holiday season is upon us. And I feel like this episode will kind of talk about some of those things as well. Um, since we left for Disneyland the day after Halloween. So we went, you know, took the kids trick-or-treating Halloween night and then left for Disneyland the next day. And I don't know if I've talked about this before, but 
I might have in the holiday episode, but with our kids now, um, you know, a lot of the fun for the kids is just the actual trick-or-treating, getting dressed up, going to the houses. For me, as a young sugar addict, it was all about how much candy I could get. I mean, really was out of control even then as far as it wasn't even just kind of going out and enjoying, you know, going house to house. It was more like, let's go. I was like on a mission to get as much candy as I could get and then eat as much as I could eat where it's pretty neat to see, you know, my kids since they don't eat a lot of candy. What we usually do is go around to my in-laws neighborhoods, collect the candy, and then they each pick one piece to keep and to eat. Um, so that's what we did. And then the rest of the candy we put out for the switch, witch. And the Switch Witch comes and takes the candy in exchange, leaves books. And this year, the Switch Witch brought the kids two books each because they had collected so much candy. And they were, like, thrilled about it, too. I realize, again, my kids are six and four. It's probably not always going to be that way. But am I enjoying every second that it is? You bet. And as the kids get older, I'm sure we'll allowed them to have more than one piece of candy. But for right now, that's worked really well for us as a family. And like I said, they get, they love books and they get so excited about getting new books. Um, I know some people that will do toys too, like have the switch, which come and leave a toy or something or a game for kids. So that is a good way, I think, of still letting them enjoy the holiday and the tradition of trick-or-treating without then having to worry about having all of that candy in your house. And this year for Halloween, we gave out, um, I got little individual bags of skinny pop popcorn and some um, fruit leathers that are kind of like fruit roll-ups, but a little healthier version. Um, you know, I think, I don't know what the brand is. I get them at Costco, but I put those out. So I'm sure I wasn't real popular <laughs> in the neighborhood, but it's still really hard for me to put out candy and not just because it would be tempting for me to eat it, you know, to have it in the house to eat it. But as I'm adopting this lifestyle, it's harder and harder for me to then like buy candy for other people. So Anyway, I felt pretty good about Halloween this year. I really didn't even think much about it. Um, you know, it didn't trigger me seeing the kids trick-or-treating or collecting the candy. Uh, my husband took the candy, probably brought it to school. So, again, I really didn't think about it too much. It was just fun to get dressed up, go trick-or-treating, and then know that we were leaving for Disneyland the next day. I mean, how lucky are my kids? I feel like that's pretty amazing. So we, you know, get to bed after Halloween night. We're pretty much packed up, and we wake up the next morning, and I should say that I had been pretty itchy like the last two days before. Um, and like Halloween night, it was just, I kept saying to my husband, I feel like something is eating my scalp. I had him check. I mean, I was like, do you think I have lice? I had him look. I mean, I was just so itchy. But the weather had been kind of cold and dry, and my lips were trapped, so I thought, well, maybe I just have dry scalp. And I had been wearing this lion mane headband as part of my costume, so I thought, well, maybe it's just that, because my husband couldn't find anything. But my head really has never been that itchy before. So I go to bed, 
wake up the next morning, ready again, our flight for Disneyland left at like 12, 10 p.m. So we didn't have much time in the morning. I get up and I get out of the shower and sure enough, I found a louse. I guess that's what it's called, the adult size louse in my head. I didn't know that was what it was, but immediately I woke up Chris and we Googled it and was like, yep, that looks like a louse. Um, So crap, we're leaving for Disneyland in a few hours and I have lice, which means at least one or both of the kids have it. So we quickly rushed around and finished packing, ate breakfast, got the kids up, got the kids dressed, just were rushing around like maniacs. We had planned to like de-decorate from Halloween a little bit. That all went out the window. There was just no time. And I don't know about the areas that you live in, but there are professional places that treat lice and they usually have kind of catchy names. My friend in Atlanta was just telling me there are places called Headhunters. Um, The place around here in Portland, and I know that they have them in the Seattle area too, is called Lice Knowing You. I had learned about them when I worked at the school in Seattle. And I'd always told myself, you know, if I ever got lice, that's or my kid got lice, that's where I was going. So we look them up online. Luckily there's a location nearby, but they didn't open till 9 a.m. and we didn't have an appointment. It was by appointment only. So I'm like frantically trying to call the off hours number and they tell us they can see us in the Portland. There was a Portland location, which I thought, okay, well that'll be better. That's closer to the airport. I never got back like confirmation of time, but I thought we've got to be there at nine. So we hurry it up battled, you know, morning rush hour traffic, got to the Portland location as it opened. And there was other appointments in front of us, but they were really kind and squeezed us in and checked Josie first. Yep. She had it. Checked James. He was clear. My husband was clear, but I had it too. So there's poor Josie and I had to get the treatment, which actually wasn't bad. I mean, they're kind of pulling your hair tightly and they put They say it's like all natural, non-toxic too, however they treat it. Um, But what I like about it is that then it's guaranteed that you are lice-free when you leave. So, you know, and I had learned this when I was working at the school, a lot of those kits that you take home um, isn't like guaranteed because it's just so hard to get them all and do it correctly unless you are like professionally trained. So... I found that when I worked at the school, kids who had parents that tried to treat it at home, a lot of times it would keep coming back because they hadn't gotten rid of it all the way, where the people that were going to these professional places just knocked it out. So, um, and it was kind of spendy for us. It was $15 per head check. So Chris and James were like $30 just to have their heads checked. And then Josie and I to be treated was $75, which included the the check. So $75 each. So, you know, it was with tip and stuff about $200. So, you know, a little pricey way to start our vacation. But I just did not want to worry about having it, bringing it with us to Disneyland at all. And how luckily were we to like squeeze that in before we left. I think the treatment takes about 45 minutes. 
And I think we left the place by about 10.15 and got to the airport by 10.45. Luckily, we had TSA pre-check. We got checked in super quickly with still enough time for me to grab lunch for the plane. That was something that I had um, been planning on. There's a place that makes this um, vegetarian chili that I really like. And so I was able to get the chili and eat that for lunch on the plane since our flight was right at lunchtime. So it all had a happy ending, but boy, was that a frantic, like, oh no moment of a way to start our vacation. I think Josie got a kick out of it because I cut my kids' hair, so they've never been to a hair salon. So I feel like this was kind of fun for her because she almost had like a hair salon um, experience. And um, yeah, we walked out, said we were lice-free, and the best part was you know, because we were leaving town and going to be gone for four nights, we did not have to then treat anything when we got back home. So I guess after three days, everything dies off. So we still came home and like wash sheets and pillowcases and stuff. But they said that after three days, we did not even have to do that. So we didn't even have to deal with being like nervous that we were going to, you know, recontaminate ourselves again. Um, everything that I had packed for the trip, um, I had packed like days earlier and was pretty much like did a load of laundry. As soon as it came out of the dryer, I packed it. So it's not like we had access to it or had to worry about contaminating it. Um, and then the only thing that we got rid of is Josie and I were both wearing like kind of hooded jackets that morning when we went so we kept those in the car that we parked at the airport and just got new kind of sweatshirts at Disneyland because um, that was probably the only thing that might have been possibly contaminated. Um, the info sheet they gave us said that really only you don't have to worry that much about what's in the environment. Like 99% is in your hair, maybe 1% in the environment, but we did not want to take any chances. So... Um, when we got back then after you're supposed to do like a follow-up check three to five days later and again you have to spend the $15 each so now we're getting closer to like $230 for treatment but luckily Josie and I were lice-free still when we got back from Disneyland because they actually had told me that they have a lot of people that go to Disneyland and can um, contract lice and then come back to get treated. So once I heard that, I thought, oh boy, we got to make sure. Mm. But good news, we're lice-free and it really wasn't a hassle since most of the stuff um, we had left at home anyway. Josie did have like a two stuffed animals that she brought with her, but we just left those um, also in her backpack and did not touch them the whole time we were there. Um, I did wash those when I got back again, just in case, but I just thought it was brilliant. So I think the takeaway message is, you know, lice was not nearly as bad as I thought it was going to be. I used to like dread that, um, when I was younger and I never had it as a kid, but it really did itch. I mean, you really felt like I kept saying, I felt like something was eating my scalp, which it was. So, you know, it makes sense. Um, so I would highly, highly recommend one of those professional places, even though it is really expensive. Um, 
it's just, again, that guarantee and they just made it so easy and treated it so quickly and then give you really, you know, useful advice for what you have to do. And then if you can leave your house for three days, you don't have to deal with all the sheets, stuffed animals, hair stuff, etc. Brilliant, you know, just go pack up for three nights and go stay somewhere else. Um, that really kind of worked in our favor, actually. So... Anyway, that's kind of funny. That was the exciting start to our trip. Um, but we were in Disneyland from, we got there Friday, and then we actually went Saturday, Sunday, Monday to the parks and then left on Tuesday. So we had three full days, you know, in California Adventure and Disneyland. And, um, I did, we did have a refrigerator in our room. Um, so I did bring a lot of food for the kids, but I did bring some hard boiled eggs for me, uh, avocado, lemon, and my collagen powder. So I had hot water with lemon in the morning. I brought some apples and peanut butter, that kind of stuff, kind of snack stuff. But I knew that there was at least one morning that we weren't having breakfast. So um, I wanted to make sure I had the hard boiled eggs. And again, knowing that we were going to be walking a lot, um, I knew that I would be needing to fuel my body more than a typical day. And my highest step count of the days was Sunday because Sunday um, my in-laws stayed with the kids at the hotel after they went to bed and then the rest of us went out and went on some more rides. So my step count that day was 30,000 steps. Yikes, 30,000. So that's definitely the most steps I've ever had, I think, in one day, even compared to all my event gigs that I do. Um, I think I've had 25,000 maybe, but 30 was definitely a new record. And luckily I was just wearing my tennis shoes. I didn't bring anything but a pair of tennis shoes because I knew my feet needed to be super comfortable. But anyway, so um, I did, my husband actually made a huge or a whole Google Doc ahead of time like that we shared with everyone else with kind of our itinerary and plan of attack each day. And he linked some restaurants for me so that I could try to plan out my meals ahead of time. And I did kind of circle the areas that like, okay, this is going to be kind of a tough day. So I was, uh, you know, as I always say, be prepared. So I did do that and notice the times. Okay. Like not a real good lunch option this day. I might need to do something on my own. And that was the nice thing about having six adults and just two kids. We could kind of break up and it was easy for me to get away and grab some food if I needed it. Um, there was only one day that I did not do enough planning and preparation, even though, you know, I always lecture to be prepared. There are definitely times that I think I am and then I'm not. And that happened, I think it was Saturday. So basically our first full day there. And that was the one morning we didn't have a real big breakfast. So I'd had the you know, hard-boiled eggs and avocado and my hot water with lemon. And I brought some pepperoni. Oh, that was the other thing I brought was some pepperonis. I had some pepperoni. But, um, you know, we were doing the magic hours too. So we were getting up really early. We were usually 
you know, in line at 6.45 for it to open at 7, and then it was like, go, go, go. So I probably stopped and had breakfast around 8, and then um, it was about 1 o'clock. Josie and I had gone on the Winnie the Pooh ride, which was turned out to be her favorite ride. We went on three other times. But uh, afterwards, we noticed that, like, Tigger and Winnie the Pooh and Eeyore, all the characters there that you could meet. And you know, like, Disneyland is so good at lines, so it looked really deceptive as far as, oh, this looks like maybe, like, a 10-minute wait. And I thought, well, I could do that. Chris was with James. They were going on some other rides. And um, I was hungry, but I'm like, I can wait about 10 minutes. Well, 30 minutes later, we are still not getting anywhere, and I am then ravenous. But I feel like I can't leave the line and disappoint Josie. And now we had also just waited in line that long. So Chris and James got off a ride and came met us in line, and I tried to sneak away so that I could go eat. Um, but the kids were not having it. They wanted me to stay, so I felt so stuck. Um, I think that's when it, you know, it can be really hard. That was just one of those moments that I knew I needed to eat. But being a mom, I wasn't able to, you know, break away because the kids wanted me there with them. Um, so that was just like a really kind of tough spot. And I was like, I'm just going to have to stick this out. But I was way past my point. I was so hangry and impatient and mad and irritable. I don't even know why the kids wanted me to stay in line. Um, and all I could think about was getting something to eat. So luckily, kind of, I guess, however you want to look at it, right as we were getting close, um, Tigger decided to go on break. And I was just like, oh, enough. I was like, I got to go eat. So we got out of line. I took that as like, you know, my opportunity. And we just all got out of line. And actually, the kids were really great about it. I said, you know, we'll go see them later. And then as it turned out, we had done uh, two different breakfasts with the characters and they got to meet them all like Winnie the Pooh was there and Tigger and Eeyore so I was so glad that you know Josie still got to meet them since she was excited to do that and was such a good sport about getting out of line so that I could eat lunch so we had found um what I find works really well for me and I think I did mention this in my episode five, staying sugar-free while traveling <clears throat> is that like Mexican food works really well for me so we just went to one of the Mexican restaurants there in the park. My husband could tell you exactly where it is. I know it's one of his favorite places to eat, but it's one of those things where you stand. It's not like a restaurant. You just stand in line, you get your food, and then you take it to your table and eat it. And um, they had like a Mexican station. I think my husband got like enchiladas or something. And then they had, but that line was kind of long. And again, I am like ravenous at this point. And then they had another section and it didn't, had only like one person in line. So I went there and I was able to get like, they call it like half chicken, half a chicken, but you know, basically like, um, you know, a big chicken breast and wing, um, and then still, you know, had like the skin on it and stuff and looked really good. And then it came with rice and beans. And then I got some lime chips and I read the ingredients and it was just corn, you know, no flour, no sugar in the chips. I got the chips and salsa and guacamole and it was so good. Oh, I devoured that, but it was exactly what I needed. And I felt so much better afterwards. Again, like 
<clears throat> it was about one o'clock when I finally ate. So it was just way, I, you know, tend to eat lunch 1130-ish. Um, you know, that's kind of, for me, I think a big part of staying sugar and flour free is managing your triggers. So you got to identify what they are. And I'd like to probably do an episode all about triggers. And they're all a little bit different for us. But for me, I've identified that one of my big triggers is getting too hungry. So I try to even start eating before I get hungry because um, I find if I just kind of stick to a regular meal schedule, it's a lot better for me than waiting until I get hungry. And then a lot of times it will get past that point like it happened this day. It's one o'clock and I was just so ravenous. So um, luckily the lunch did satiate me. I felt satisfied. I felt full. The lime chips felt like a good treat. And like what an amazing difference it meant. It felt like I could then, t like I was ready to go home, you know, at that point. But after eating a good lunch, I felt ready for round two. But kind of what worked out really well was, you know, usually around that time every day, Josie was ready. Um, she was kind of tired and ready to leave the park. So we would go back to the hotel and go swimming in the pool. So it was a really nice break where James really wanted to go on more rides. So he would go with, um, you know, the rest of the family and go do some more rides. And Josie and I would just, you know, go back to the pool, do some swimming. It was beautiful weather, you know, like 80 degrees and sunny. And, you know, for people that are listening that like to go to Disneyland, I would highly recommend this time of year. We picked this particular weekend because we had heard like the first two weekends of November were less crowded than other weekends because it was between Halloween and Christmas decorations. So like when we got there on Saturday, there were still a few Halloween decorations up, but they were already starting to take them down. And then it was kind of cool. Each day we saw like, um, I think by Sunday, or I guess it was the last day, maybe Monday, they had the huge Christmas tree up and in Disney on Main Street. So like each day, um, they were kind of doing more and more trading, trading things over, but it's not like you get the full Halloween experience or the full Christmas experience. So a lot of people, I think, wait and do either the Halloween or the Christmas instead of trying to go in between like we did. But it was, I think for the most part, I mean, the last time we went, it was also New Year's Eve, which I will never do again because the park was at capacity. It was terrible. But this was much more of a pleasant experience um, because it just wasn't that crowded. We did the magic mornings. Um, you know, Chris is so good at planning out what to do and when. He's just got it all down. And then we did, you know, like the fast passes on our phones, which made it really easy. I think the longest line that we waited in for me was half an hour, and that was for the Haunted Mansion. And that was only, we could have fast passed it later, but James just really wanted to go on it with me at that specific time. And he's kind of more like me where he can be pretty impatient with lines. So I had said, you know, are you sure it's going to be a 30 minute wait? You know, we could fast pass and go later. It'd be a lot faster, but he really wanted to go with me then. Um, cause that ended up being his favorite ride. So we waited in line for the 30 minutes and he did great. Um, and it really was like the longest 
that we had to wait, a lot of it was like 10 minutes or less, which was amazing. Um, so I highly recommend that time of year. It's just, um, you know, between the holidays. So it's just a little less crowded. I mean, still, of course, tons of people, but it felt um, a lot less crowded than when we had gone even in the summertime, you know, or definitely New Year's Eve. So, but that day was another example. I think I kind of failed, you know, now looking kind of back at the trip, my lunches kind of failed, um, except for, I think it was Sunday and we went to, we had a, um, lunch reservation and we went to um, see the Frozen show, and we did, like, there was, like, a package that my mother-in-law got for us that was included lunch, like a three-course meal, and the Frozen show. And you got, because we did the package, we got to go, like, through a side secret entrance into the theater and got to sit in the very front row, first row. It was so amazing. And actually... I hadn't really been looking forward to seeing the play that much, and it was really, really good. The singing was good. The acting was good. The staging, everything. It was like Broadway level, it felt like. It was really, really good and really neat for the kids and us to be in the very first row. So um, shout out to my mother-in-law for getting those tickets. So we had lunch for that day, um, and it was a three-course meal, but our reservation wasn't till one. And because of the fiasco the day before of not eating lunch till one, I knew that this wasn't going to be good. And on top of all of that, um, we also were there for the time change, which I've talked about before. I hate the time change. I wish we would just pick, you know, one time and stick to it because it is really annoying. So but in this instance, I guess it worked out because we were able, I mean, Chris was excited because we actually gained an hour in Disneyland. So we had like an extra hour. So um, again, when we, you know, woke up on Sunday, we kind of had this, you know, extra hour to sleep in or whatever. But then I always, I don't know if you're like this, but the kids, of course, are off sleep wise. You know, they're little biological clocks are pretty finely tuned so it takes them a few days to get the sleeping like situated and for me it's like my metabolism or my eating schedule stays on it takes a few days to adapt to the new time zone so even though we had lunch at one I'm like my body's gonna think that's two o'clock so I knew for Sunday that I needed to not get to that point where I was like so ravenous again so we did have um, stopped and had breakfast in California Adventure, and I was able to eat like a really good breakfast. But then I stopped and had, um, I think we got like popcorn one day uh, on that day, and I had brought some like nuts and an apple with some peanut butter. I just made sure I had a lot of snacks in between. So by the time you know, the lunch came around, I wasn't ravenous and that did work out. And it was a three course meal. Um, and the, it was like a salad with a little soup. That was the first course lunch. You had your option, um, you had three options for an entree. And then the, then there was a dessert. So of course, like right away I sat down and just said, you know, I don't want the dessert. Um, the salad, I should have asked again in hindsight, 
I didn't think about it. Um, the salad had the dressing on it and it was some kind of champagne vinaigrette. So I figured it probably had sugar in it. Um, I did have the soup, which was a pumpkin soup and that was delicious. But for the side salad, I kind of picked at it. it, had some like apple and pear slices in it I ate, but I could tell that the, the dressing probably had sugar in it. So I should have asked for it without the dressing and just asked for a side of olive oil, which is what I normally do. But I guess I wasn't, again, as prepared as I should have been. Um, but the entree that I picked was the filet mignon, which came with like Brussels sprouts and I think some squash of some kind. It was so good. And again, satisfying, filling, delicious. And then I just said that I didn't want the dessert, which did not even look very good to me. It was some kind of like cream poof with uh, Olaf, like, you know, made to look like a snowman. Um, so I just didn't have that, but I was totally satisfied from having the soup and filet. So that was a good lunch day. Um, it was that next day then, Monday, I think our last full day there that James and I were in line. And again, I kind of missed my lunch window. So by the time, you know, and in hindsight, again, um, I was with J James and texting Chris <clears throat> and saying I was getting hungry. I probably should have had him go and order me something for lunch. So as soon as I got off the ride, I could eat. Because we got off the ride, it was fun. But then we had to walk to the restaurant. I went back to that Mexican restaurant and this time it was super crowded that day for whatever reason. So all the lines were really long. It took me a while to get my food. And then, um, of course, at this point, I was with Josie then because James and Chris went and were going on some more rides where Josie and I were going to go back to the pool. So she came to have lunch with me. And, of course, I finally got my food. I mean, it was probably like 30 minutes of waiting in line. Oh, it was just terrible. And I was like, why did I do this to myself again? And then as soon as we sit down with the food, Josie says she has to go poop. I mean, what are you going to do? So I'm like, oh, great. And we didn't have any other adults with us to watch our food. So I found kind of like a table away from everywhere. And Josie was very concerned someone was going to take our food. I'm like, no, I think we'll be okay, you know, hoping that they wouldn't take our food. And I, you know, left our stuff there and, again, went to the bathroom where there was a line then had to wait in line. And then Josie had to go poop, you know, so... Oh, it's kind of funny. Like, I guess you just have to kind of laugh at it. But I was like, you know, again, why did I do this to myself? I should have had, you know, planned better. And that was one of the mornings we had done breakfast with the characters. So I had had a big, big breakfast, but um, I should have brought more snacks with me, like the apple and some peanut butter. Um, I was in, and actually, I think I did have snacks, but they were in the backpack with Chris. And when I was in line with James, I just didn't have any handy. So again, a big lesson learned. I probably should have carried my own little backpack. I had like a little fanny pack, but nothing really that I could have put some decent snacks in. And even if it was just to go get popcorn again, I probably should have just had something. So um, again, you know, always in hindsight, you learn some things. And as I always say, be prepared. But there was a few times that I was not. And I probably, you know, if we go back to Disneyland again in a few years, I'd love to have an Airbnb. Um, 
even though that's not as convenient probably for staying in Disneyland if you don't want to have a car and if you just want to be walking distance. But I love the idea of having my own kitchen so I could, I feel like just in general, Disneyland just didn't have a lot of food options that were really that healthy. Um, even at the hotel, we were lucky we stayed at the Disneyland Resort and um, they had a restaurant there and the last night Josie and I again had gone back early to go swimming and then we decided we were just going to eat at the restaurant and I got a burger it came with like and Josie had a burger it came you know a burger and sweet potato fries and I just got mine you know without the bun and I still ate like the pickle and tomato but they didn't have like any kind of salad option so I couldn't even swap the fries I just didn't eat them but all I had for dinner that night was a burger you know, where I would have loved to have had a salad with it or some veggies. So I was just kind of missing vegetables too by the end. So there just wasn't a lot of options. I feel like breakfast was probably the easiest, especially because we did a two mornings of the breakfast with the characters and that was a buffet. So there was eggs and fruit and bacon and potatoes and all kinds of yummy stuff. So that was great to have the breakfast. And I brought the avocado with me, which was also nice to have as an extra source of some healthy fats at breakfast. But lunch and dinners were a little more challenging um, because the menus themselves are limited, you know, and the food's expensive too. Um, it's just hard for me, again, in inheriting that um, bargain gene from my grandmother is hard for me, you know, to pay all this money for some of this food. And it really wasn't even that good. So as far as like the treats being there, um, I didn't really miss anything too much. I mean, again, the weather was like 80 degrees and sunny. So I guess like ice cream would have been nice. But for the most part, um, and I know that like um, my other family that I was with, like my brother-in-law loves churros and he kind of had this motto that if there wasn't a line for the churros, he was going to get one no matter if it was like his first or third or fourth that day. Um, but luckily churros is something that never really, um, appealed to me. Even when I could eat sugar and flour, they, I mean, I always thought like I'd have one bite and then feel kind of like sick, kind of like I did with donuts. So, but, um, so I wasn't around, like, I think one night they went out and I wasn't there luckily, but to some kind of confectionery place and got these really decadent desserts, I think, but I just try to not listen or smell it. Um, because that is something that probably would tempt me a little bit. But for the most part, I was lucky that I wasn't watching, you know, people eat dessert because that is still kind of tricky for me. Um, and so and that one instance, you know, where we did have dessert included in our lunch, I just said that I, you know, didn't want it. So that all worked out really, really well. Um, and even for the kids, you know, they could have had, there were so many different treats there. Oh my gosh. And it's just so nice. I feel like sometimes to just, when you are just saying no or being abstinent, it's not even that battle of should I, shouldn't I? It's just like, nope, we don't do that. And since, you know, the kids don't eat a lot of junk food, they don't really even, they don't even ask for it. You know, they were just happy having like, you know, Mickey Mouse waffles and Mickey Mouse pancakes or the popcorn, all that stuff was a treat to them. So 
you know, they were totally fine with that and not asking for, you know, all the treats that were there. So that made it a little easier as well. Um, so I hope that we're kind of building those new kind of traditions in our, you know, little family of that, you know, cause a lot of times vacations like, and I think Disneyland for my husband's family is a place where you go and eat churros and kind of, you know, maybe have a lot of treats because it's Disneyland or you're on vacation. And I just kind of like the idea of trying to set, you know, maybe a different tradition for, for my kids. And again, as they get older, I'm sure they're going to be eating more and more. Um, and I hope they'll, you know, be able to make those decisions for themselves. But I just like that we kind of get start, <coughs> get started on this kind of footing of, it being more the fun of being in Disneyland, not just about the food. You know, for me, I think so much of my life, even as a kid, was all about the food and then everything else came second to that. I just really want that to be like the opposite for them. So, um, you know, I think we're kind of on the right track right now. Who knows? But anyway, we survived and we were so happy to get home. Um, I was so happy that night. You know, we didn't get back till almost five o'clock at night, you know, which is my dinner window. So I quickly went to Whole Foods, picked up a rotisserie chicken, <coughs> easiest meal ever, and got made some sweet potatoes and got some salad and carrots, you know, some greens, made a nice salad, quick, easy dinner. And it just felt so good to have a salad. So um, it feels really good to be back into, you know, kind of eating normally again. I leave next Friday for a week in Las Vegas for work. Um, so I just, especially when I'm in between trips like this, because, you know, my options are a lot more limited when I travel. Although Vegas is a place that's a lot easier for me. I feel like I've been there enough times. Um, and I know the kind of the options I do have there, which is good. There's so much good food available. I mean, really, it's really easy to find healthy food there too. Um, but I do like to be really careful when I'm home, like for this week in between trips that I am eating really, really well, um, just so I can kind of get back to normal. So anyway, that's our trip. I hope that some of those tips help you, um, you know, make sure you're prepared and, you know, looking up the restaurants in advance. I think is really smart. And I wish that we had, again, in hindsight, I didn't do great. You know, I give myself like a C if I had to get grade myself on this trip as far as, you know, being prepared. Um, <clears throat> but they had, you could order, you could like mobile order through the Disneyland app for any of these places too. So I probably should have done that when I was in line at the Haunted Mansion so that the food would have been ready or something too. But sometimes when I get past my point, my brain just does not function properly. So I don't make like really good decisions. Um, but that's something you could definitely take advantage of is ordering the food so you don't get stuck in any of the long lines. But Good luck to everyone as we are approaching holiday season. If you do feel like you need a little extra support, remember to check out episode 15 where I talk more specifically about staying sugar and flour free for the holidays. All right, everyone. I'll talk to you again soon. Have a great day.
Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day. And remember, life is so much sweeter without sugar. Thank you.